Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, welcome into the second half of Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, Of course, Charlie Long running the show. Uh, getting ready to talk to Kim Mulkey after the first break. LSU women's basketball coach, uh, you know, the SEC play starting for the Lady Tigers. That's what it really gets down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, you know, they've been hovering around, um, you know, since they lost to Colorado. Well, they've been hovering around like seven or eight, six, somewhere around there. So, um, but hey, uh, you want to be in that final four uh, at the end. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're not worried about uh, LSU's uh, women's basketball. Be more concerned with the men's program. Uh, Kim Mulk, we're not worried about where she got the LSU fighting Lady Tigers. Yeah, and looking at things, the Pelicans in action tonight. Some more hoops talk. Uh, they are hosting the Brooklyn Nets. The Pels going for a third straight victory. Last time they played, I'd mentioned earlier, that was New Year's Eve. Taking down the Lakers. That was a big win for them. Needed that after the uh, embarrassment in the in-season tournament to the Lake Show. But man, oh man, uh, they, they couldn't miss yesterday in the they Smoothie King miss. Center. It was uh, shooting yeah. the lights out in there. Uh, no, uh, that, that's the bottom line. Uh, a make-or-miss league. You hear that term uh, all all the time, and you know, it, it just goes to show you. You know, the one cat though um, that to me is still unbelievable. Uh, whether you love or you hate LeBron James, uh, the LeBron, guy can still ball. LeBron right. James is an alpha dog. <laughs> Charlie's uh, giving thumbs uh, down. Uh, no, he, he he'll be an alpha <laughs> dog to the day he dies. I didn't like him walking off the court with seven seconds left instead of shaking hands with the opposition. Yeah, but that's not that's not what he's on. He's on sportsmanlike. He's got beef uh, with Zion, but that's kind of uh, documented. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 uh, the, the whole thing. Uh, listen, uh, I, I wish uh, we had LeBron on our team. I mean, all, all I know is LeBron James. You might think sometimes the prima donna. And you say, well, is he truly King James? Sometimes he might be a prince. But overall, okay, let me tell you why I respect LeBron James. Any individual, okay, now everybody got to look in the mirror. I don't care if you're white, black, whatever. Look at anybody look in the mirror. You come out of high school to be able to handle the pressure that LeBron James was confronted with and what he's achieved. Okay, now think about LeBron James all through those years. You might. Not agree with some political statements, whatever, uh, because he's a high-profile guy and what he makes. I'm going to talk about, like, playing. Yeah. And you might say, like, off the court, on the court, and all that. Now, everybody, I think, got skeletons in the closet. <laughs> but uh, those skeletons for LeBron, have they ever come out? No. Good family man. You never hear anything oh, off okay. the court getting into trouble. You're we right. Have, we have never. Okay. Um, 
And I just talked about him because he just turned uh, 48 years of age. Uh, I want to say like New Year's Eve, uh, Tiger Woods. Right. Sandy Koufax turned 88 and Tiger Woods was 48. How about Tiger Woods uh, off the golf course? And not so clean. Uh, what? Pl- plenty of skeletons uh, uh, coming out that it's closet. It's like a lifetime right. movie. Yeah. What, bashing in the window and all that? Oh, okay, you know what? So, I mean, uh, I have to tell you that story. Before Tiger Woods, as you know, he's uh, raised by his you know, dad, and his dad was really involved in it, but not really outside of that environment. And he's like, man, uh, you know, he's around... Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, all that. And I, man, how do you get all these girls and all that? And he's like, you know, kind of green and doesn't really have a game or, you know, how you confront, how you socialize and all that. And they told him, man, just tell him you Tiger Woods. And all of a sudden he says he's Tiger Woods and, you know, he's going to reap those benefits off the golf course. But then it got out of control. Then, I don't know, how, how can you be a sex addict? I mean, is there such a thing... Oh, everybody got to go to the damn therapist. Oh, I'm a sex addict. Oh, let me go to the therapist. I can't handle this. I think that's a bunch of BS. I mean, they've always had sex addicts through the history of the world. I mean, when you think about it, it's all about uh, can you take advantage of opportunity or can you not? Somebody said, oh, I would never do what Tiger Woods uh, did. You know why? Because you would never be have those opportunities. Uh, sorry. You never would. That's what so I say to a lot of guys who think it's just that easy to say no. It's like, uh, what happens uh, uh, when you have women throwing uh, themselves at you? Amen. Amen. So, so uh, but Tiger Woods, he fell off the cliff. Yeah. Uh, you look at all that. Have we ever heard anything about LeBron? No, not at all. Like I said, family man never got uh, a peep about anything off the court. Right. So when you talk about overall sometimes, uh, like a role model, it seems like he's very involved with his kid's life yep. and, and all that, supporting his kids. And then you throw in there, like even Michael Jordan, the great Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, Michael Jordan's dad gets murdered. Uh, so what's the rumors around that? Uh, like, like gambling debts uh, with the, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, the underworld. Right. Oh, the mafia, whatever, the underworld, like gambling debts and all. So you haven't heard anything about LeBron with that compared to like, because they are truly international. You're talking about like uh, great athletes. But they are truly super superstars. So just look at those that three-headed monster, because they all like a billionaire. Uh, they what they've achieved, they basically billionaires. So you look at Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and LeBron James. I've heard some stuff about uh, Michael Jordan, sure, and then Tiger Woods. But have you heard anything about LeBron James? No, no, very squeaky clean. So I'm telling you. That's why people hate on LeBron James. You can have different political views and all that, but as far as uh, what he's doing in the court and how hard he plays, a little uh, game in and game out at his age, he can hang with the 20-year-olds, how he attacks the basket and all that. Don't be a hater. Uh, don't, <laughs> now, I hate the – listen, I might hate the Lakers because of AD and Anthony Davis. I was going to say, can I still hate AD? That's yeah, all, yeah, folks. No, no, well, 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 without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt. But, I mean, uh, you might not view – uh, no, I thought he was um, he was not informed uh, from an international standpoint how he's taken up for China. 
right. uh, the communists uh, because uh, the NBA makes a lot of money but in that's China. That's okay. You can disagree with someone's views. Uh, but, but doesn't no, make them but, a bad but, person. But you can. But you have to know. Uh, he didn't even know what a, 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 a Uyghur is. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's a Uyghur? You know, all the Muslims in uh, China that get sent into concentration camps. So when you're going to be for uh, freedom and uh, uh, you know uh, and social justice and all that. Well, shouldn't you have a worldview? Because LeBron has that kind of power. That's when the people around him has to educate him and necessarily didn't do that. But that's the only thing that I think sometimes he's not necessarily up to par. Well, coming back after the break, one of Louisiana's outstanding citizens, Kim Mulkey, LSU women's basketball coach, joining us right here on WWL after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into Sports Talk, talking a little LSU women's basketball. The Lady Tigers on a 13-game win streak. They're 13-1 right now, getting ready to start SEC play. Happy to welcome into WWL Coach Kim Mulkey. Thank you so much for the time, Coach. Well, how are you guys? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Coach Mulkey. Uh, you know, when I look at you know, every year is a new year, so, uh, you know, always like it might be coach speak, whatever, but uh, how do you bring the players uh, back down to earth or, uh, you know, because every season is a new season. Do you just show them the film? Because all of a sudden, uh, you know, you, you go, are we going to repeat? We number one again. Now you want to be number one at the end or make the final four. But what happened against uh, Colorado, which is a fine program, uh, but, but how do you keep the players humble and say, hey, you can't just show up and roll the ball out there. Uh, every season's a new season. I think the Colorado performance kind of humbled them. I think it uh, kind of shook them to the core a little bit. Now you have to remember, I'm not the same team that I was last year. We only right. had two. We have two retar- returning starters, but I think that looking back on that Colorado game, it's going to be a blessing for us because. We just, you know, we got our lunch handed to us, and uh, that happened sometime. And uh, we've gone through a lot since then, from having players away from the program to having uh, players get injured and tear ACL to plantar fasciitis with one of them was out for a month. So we've been able to win 12 or 13 ball games with really not having a full roster of, of players that are, are significant players for us. Angel was out a while, and uh, Kateri Poole's no longer with us. Samaya Smith tore ACL, and Haley Van Lith, point guard, was out the entire month of December. And as I told them, you showed some resilience. Uh, you showed some um, just 
unbelievable will to win because um, normally you lose games when all those things take place, and uh, we were able just to hang in there. Now, uh, Coach Monkey, how, how do you break down, because it is a long season, uh, look at the number of games you're playing. Um, is it like, okay, you have a pre-conference, then you get uh, deep involved in the SEC, and then uh, then you go, uh, how are you going to take care of business uh, within the Southeastern Conference, and then where you see it in all the go uh, further? Uh, because you look like uh, the one dog uh, that is not going away is the South Carolina Gamecocks. And we all know, uh, uh, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And you did do that to become uh, national champions. So, you know, uh, a lot of casual fans don't look at that. Okay, where does LSU stack up? You know, you look at oh, uh, Iowa or you look at South Carolina or whatever. So uh, you look at the history of UConn and all that. So how do you view this with all the experience, uh, even at Baylor before LSU? How do you break down a whole season? Because it's a long damn time. <laughs> It sure is. And, Bobby, people don't realize, you know, you played football, and that's a vicious sport. And you play, what, 11 games, and you get to the playoffs now and play a few more. And then your season's over. And our season starts basically in September and October. And if you're good and you make it to the Final Four, you're not done until April. You get maybe a day or two off at Christmas, maybe a day off for Thanksgiving, and it, it's just the grind of how long it is. And so I break it down into four segments. You have your non-conference schedule, which we're done with. And I always want to win 90% of our non-conference schedule, and we did that. So now we flush that. Now we go into the meat of the season and the most important part of our season, and that's these 16 games in, in the SEC. And um, we're going to, you know, just – do the best that we can. And, and, you know, I'm a realist. I told your son this morning on the radio show, I said, T-Bob, think about this. How many times in your life in athletics have you heard these coaches, oh, man, we're here to win a national championship. That's such coach speak. And when right. in reality, there's only a few of them that can ever win a national championship. So make your goals realistic. I don't go in there and say, okay, we've got the team to win a SEC championship, and, man, that's going to be our goal. My goal for this team is to finish in the top four in the SEC. If you finish in the top four, you're going to get a top 16 seed, and if you get that, you're going to get to host the first and second round games. So that's our focus right now is to finish these next 16 games and finish in the top four. Certainly, if you could be a champion, everybody buy, you know wants that. But I just don't. I, I just don't like hearing that all the time because I laugh when I hear coaches say it. Like, well, that's wishful thinking. So then, when we get done with the SEC season, we'll go into the conference tournament. That's your third part of your season, and then lastly is the NCAA tournament. So you'll break it down in four segments, and a fourth of our season is done. Now, uh, Coach Balky. Uh... You're not as old as me, obviously, uh, but uh, you're kind of old school. I think if you uh, view you as an old school coach, uh, you know, and the success you had as a player at Louisiana Tech, and, you know, we all know Baylor, LSU, and all that, but how do you view, uh, I guess you got to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, how do you handle that, or you get the right people around you uh, with name, image, and likeness in the transfer portal? Because it's a whole different. It's a whole you different. <laughs> it's a whole you different animal. <laughs> and you add that to their job responsibilities, and you tell them, "I don't want to deal with NIL. You deal with it. You deal with the office. 
in athletics. <laughs> it deals with NIL. Uh, you deal with the donors. You know all the rules because, you know, I am old school. I, I've changed <laughs> through the years, but right. you, you, there's just some things you don't want to spend time doing. And, and I would rather spend time uh, doing X's and O's and figuring out a new inbounds play and how we get that kid more involved on the defensive end than worrying about NIL. Obviously, LSU as an institution embraced the NIL long before other people did. Right. And I think it's given us quite the advantage across the board in all sports. But it's here to stay. I know they're trying to tweak it here and there because of the competitive advantage, but uh, it's here to stay. It's not going away. But I, I don't I don't deal with that, uh, Bobby. I, I let one of my coaches do it, and uh, she does a tremendous job with it and helps these young ladies. And let me say this, all of them benefit. It's not just the Angel Reese's of the world and the Flage Johnsons who have unbelievable NIL deals. LSU has a collective, and I make sure, if nothing else, that somebody, everybody gets a piece of the pie. Now, uh, Coach Balke, uh, how the game has changed. Again, uh, you look uh, from a man or, or a man or the women's perspective. As far as, uh, I, I mean, to me, I, I give recognition to Steph Curry that uh, whether it's young girls or young men and they want to jack it up. I'm just jacking this three-pointer and I want to shoot. Uh, but I still think uh, now if you're a good post player, uh, whether uh, I can count on you double-digit rebounds or points, uh, that goes a long way. But ha- have you witnessed uh, the progression of the game from a female perspective as far as, like, uh, three-point shooting? Because, you know, because I watch a lot of, like, even the Pels or whatever, you watch the NBA, all they, they're trying to figure out how many three-point shots are we going to attempt. Well, yes, that's entertaining is what it is. And when you go back to Steph Curry and those guys, now think about the NBA as you sit and watch it. you got seven-footers that don't want to get down on the block and bang in there. They want to bring the ball up the floor. They want to shoot the three ball. So that's a lot of, I don't know if you say the problem, but people like that, I guess. You know, it's entertaining. Um, and you do on the women's side have those players that would prefer to be outside the paint and they're 6'5", than get in there and bang. I'll use this example, and I say this all the time in recruiting. Give me a point guard, give me a post, and give me a shooter, and then I'll fill in around you. When we won the national championship, I'm telling you, we're not out there jacking threes, but we hit enough threes to have balance. We're going to make you guard us in the paint. We're okay. going to run the floor. We're going to shoot the three when necessary. So, um, And the funny part is people are like, oh, Coach Mulkey's old school. You know, they don't <laughs> shoot threes. And I remind them, can you tell me who holds the NCAA record for most threes made in a game? And they just look at you. I said, well, let me introduce you to Juicy Landrum. She was on the last championship team I had at Baylor. Hello. She made 14 in a game. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I so can't say anything then. I mean, uh, come on. I, and well, I was you, coaching you, her. <laughs> Bobby, you do what you have to do. Let's say back in your day when you were a quarterback, you either had good receivers or you didn't. Well, hell, if they can't catch with the pads on and get hit, you give it to your running back. You adjust. Yeah, and yeah. that's what you do as a coach. You figure out what your strengths are, and you, you hide those weaknesses. And it's not perfect in recruiting. I can't just go recruit oh, I need this, this, and this, and I get them. You have to adjust and adapt to 
what your kids are capable of doing, and that's what I've been lucky and fortunate enough to do. And now, uh, Coach Boggy, speaking of your kids, uh, now I'm talking about uh, from a personal, uh, your actual bloodline kids. Uh, can you reflect on how you spend the holidays, or do you even have a holidays? Because when you're a basketball coach, I don't know, can you really have a Christmas? I mean, uh, cause well, I think the fans will be interested in, uh, what is Coach Mulkey, what is our Christmas and New Year's like? I can flat out tell you from the day I became a head coach, I made a commitment that I will always take a minimum of three to five, if not more, days off for Christmas. Okay. I think Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. I want to be with my family, and I want everybody to be with their families. So we took seven days off this year. I was in Telluride, Colorado with my family, my grandkids, my kids. Uh, ironically, I was not feeling good and was sick, didn't get to ski, but that's okay. I was with my family. I've never, ever wavered from that, and I won't. And it's just important to me that you're at home at Christmas with your families. Uh, that, that is awesome. That shows me uh, that uh, you've had your priorities in order and you have the stroke to pull that off. <laughs> Bobby, let me tell you about priorities, buddy. I tell people when I was hired at Baylor University, my first head coaching job, and I told the then president, he was a, a former Baptist minister who had a lot of children, Dr. Robert Sloan, he's now at, at Houston Christian. I said, Dr. Sloan, I said, if a decision has to be made between me coaching a game or my family, I said, that decision was made a long time ago. And, and I mean that. I will never, ever, if I go to my grave and I'm in that casket, Bobby, and those kids are looking at me, <laughs> they will never, ever say my mom's career was more important than us. And that goes back to when Kramer played baseball at LSU. I would hop a plane. I would take my bonus money. And I'd get a private plane wherever he was just to watch a ball game to and be get there back to practice. And I don't regret that. That's what we're supposed to do because we're only going to be on this earth a short period of time. And you're teaching your children what to do with their children. And priorities matter. And I do understand some jobs don't allow that. But every chance I got as they were playing, I didn't miss a, a, a beat. I was there. And I would go to practices. I can't tell you how many times I sat in the parking lot watching Kramer practice football so that I would know what was going on Friday night when they were playing. That's the coach in me. And he never knew I was watching. I just love sports. I love listening. I love learning. And I love watching. Well, I, I tell you what, you can't get a better role model than you uh, th to be involved in your kid's life. And, uh, Coach Mulkey, uh, I think uh, that touched a lot of people's hearts, and uh, that speaks volumes in your involvement. And uh, like you said, life on earth is so short, so uh, uh, you can never put your career over your family. And uh, th that's very admirable that you did that. Well, people who know me will tell you quickly. Uh, in fact, that's part of um, why the Baylor community was so shocked that I left to come back here because I left my daughter, my son-in-law, and my only two grandchildren, and they're like, she'll never leave them. And yet this was home to me. I still had my son here in Baton Rouge. My mom lives 40 minutes away in Hammond. So it was a, a situation where it felt right. I had family here. I've got family there. Uh, but you know what? FaceTime is amazing. So if I can just see those grandbabies every day, three and four times, I'm good. 
Coach, we kind of talked earlier about the loss to Colorado and how you said it was a blessing, but I want to highlight the biggest <clears throat> win of the season as well, the ACC, uh, obviously, SEC challenge when you took down a top 10 ranked Virginia Tech squad at home in a rematch of the Final Four game from earlier this year. Just want to get your thoughts on getting your 700th win in that matchup against Virginia Tech. It was a really great game. Well, the 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 story within the story surrounding that game was that was Angel Reese's first game back after not playing in four games. And so we didn't really give the media the story they wanted to project. Oh, she and Mulkey don't get along. Oh, is she coming back? Oh, is she going to play good? It was a beautiful night. She played well. The team played well. Um, it, it was just one of those nights where, okay, what are you going to say now? What negative can you write now? And um, the 700th win, I didn't know it was going to be my 700th um, the press conference before that, I think Scott Rabelais asked me about it at a press conference, and I said, Scott, I don't even know what you're talking about. I couldn't tell you my record, and that's the God's truth. I didn't get into this <laughs> business to to worry about records or become a Hall of Fame coach. I just know whatever's in front of me, and if it's a ball game, I'm I'm ready to kick your you-know-what. Yeah, 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 the bottom play. line is, Coach Walker, you know what the hell you're doing. Uh, I don't know about those records, but let me tell you, all I know is, you know what I like about Coach Walke is that you want her on your side. Uh, you know, well, it, 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 either she's for you or against you, I'm glad she's for us. Uh, that, well, that, that, that's the bottom line. Come on. <laughs> well, Bobby, the, the, the deal is, I, I said this to, to your, your boy this morning, and he had to agree with me. I said, I know you can't stand Alabama. I said, but you have to admit Saban's a winner. <laughs> Yeah, amen. I do. I do, Coach. I do. And I said, do you think everybody likes me? Heaven no. Uh, That's just the way the world works. And and the thing about it is they don't like you because they have a perception of you that's totally off base usually. Right. And I said, it's because you're on the opposing side. If you were on their side, they would love you. Amen. And I said, that stuff just doesn't faze me. I said, I remembered when I was eight years old and integration hit in Tanchville Parish. I was called every name in the book because I was one of a few white kids on the team. And I don't, I, it just doesn't phase me. You know, that old saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, yep. but words will never hurt you. I'm not phased in the least by people who are just hateful and vile and, um, you know, all that, that I got a job to do and I, and I want to represent LSU in the best possible way. I want to make them proud and I want to put a product on that floor that competes, man. Well, the bottom line is, uh, Coach Mulgay, as we in 2024, uh, I give this advice to everybody on and off the court, on and off the field, uh, just walk in love. Uh, let me tell you, cause it's going to be, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we in a new year. And everyone, everybody tells each other, Happy New Year. All I know is that if you walk in love and you truly don't have a hateful spirit, everything's going to work out. I mean, uh, when Absolutely. you... Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And look, people think, Bobby, when you compete against each other, we don't like each other. But if we get off that court, we'd all be best friends. Right, right. We're on, we're on that court and we're on that field to compete. And then when it's over, it's over. Right. And some people don't know how to separate that. They take it very personal. That's and, so true. <laughs> and it's just funny to me because people go, oh, man, I, I, don't, I don't like her from a distance. She, well, if you were in that locker room, you would love her because you'd see how, how she interacts with her kids. Yeah. 
but you don't worry about all that stuff. You just try to do your job. You try to make the right decisions by your kids, your program. And then when they leave you 20 and 30 years down the, the road, they look back and they go, those were the greatest years of my life. Coach, we're a little bit over a month removed from Michaela Williams' 42-point performance versus Kent State, which was record-breaking for LSU freshman <laughs> at the time. Uh, but what can you say about her? I mean, you said after that game that she doesn't know how good she is. But talk a little bit about the confidence building throughout the course of the season because she's built on that performance, averaging 17 over 17 points per game on 52% shooting from the field, has had a couple 20-point games already so far this season. As a freshman, I uh, just want to get your thoughts on Michaela Williams and how her confidence has grown uh, early on in her well, freshman campaign. Yeah, Michaela is very confident to begin with, but she carries herself – in such a way that she doesn't think she's as good as she probably really is. And that's a good trait. You know, she's not cocky. She's confident. uh, But she wants to get better. And she has a joy about her that when you pick on her in practice or you say something to her, it'll just tickle her and make her laugh. And she hasn't seen her best basketball yet. I think anybody that's played at the elite level in college in any sport will tell you your freshman year is the most miserable year of your life. You have so many ups and downs. You're homesick. You got to wake yourself up. You got to eat right. You got to go to study hall. And when all of that slows down for her and she just relaxes and she just really, really just gets out there and dominates, I just, I just don't think the kid realizes how good she can be and, and could leave LSU as maybe the greatest to ever play because, um, gosh, she's talented. And Coach Mokley, last one here. Uh, just your curious SEC play, obviously starting up Thursday for you, taking on Missouri. But overall, what do you see from the conference this year? Uh, I know it's going to be another strong, uh, tough road ahead. Everybody thinks their conference is the best, and they base that on rankings. I don't base it on anything. I know what we face. I know the different styles we face. Thursday will be a challenge here because we've got to play a Missouri team that shoots the three ball all over the floor. Well, that's that's that that's hard for us because I have Aaliyah Del Rosario, 6'5". Where, who's she going to guard in the game? So you got a lot of things that you have to do right when you play different styles of play. Uh, obviously South Carolina, number one, should have won it all last year, but we're not going to give them the trophy. We're going to keep the trophy. Uh, but but they they were the team to beat. And uh, that old saying, the most talented teams don't always win championships. Coach, always appreciate your time, and best of luck. Have a great one. Guys, be good. Take care now. All right, Coach Mulkey, thanks. Learn a little bit about life and basketball from Coach Mulkey. Uh, uh, without a doubt. Uh, boy, you want to talk, this is like almost a therapy session. <laughs> so, how, how you deal with your kids, how, how you, you conduct, interact. Yeah, how you conduct yourself. Yeah, no, uh, your professional life, your personal life. No, uh, Coach Mulkey is a winner above winners. I mean, come on. She's almost uh, – LSU's very fortunate to have her. That's why and, I don't understand anybody that doesn't like Kim Mulkey. I well, love the attitude. Well, I love they, the winning. They, they, they just a hater. <laughs> they got a lot of haters out there. And, you know, from a moral perspective, and you, you would think about uh, – you know, uh, you know, look at Notre Dame. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to you, uh, ed- educate you. Okay, but, uh, what's the top Catholic universities as far as athletics and prestige in the United States? Uh, Catholic. Okay, uh, Notre Dame, and then you got Boston College. 
Okay, uh, there's a reason why, uh, look, right there in Dallas, uh, Methodist, uh, Southern Methodist University. Okay, you look uh, uh, Mormons, uh, Brigham Young in Provo, Utah. You know who's the number one Baptist university? Now, athletics and from an academic standpoint, the Baylor Bears. Hmm. Baylor Bears, uh, outstanding. They, they do a great, uh, they have a, a, a great uh, medical. Talent and character. Yes, uh, the Baylor Bears, number one Baptist university in the United States. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Taking a break here on Sports Talk. Be right back with more right here on WWL. Coming up at 7 o'clock, the Saints Hour. Saints Executive Vice President and GM Mickey Loomis, myself, and Saints Sideline Reporter. Like I said, coming up 7 o'clock. You can hear that. WWL and, of course, the Odyssey app. Cajun Cannon, I know you saw something on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line talking about the XFL and USFL merging yes. together. And, uh, you know, I'm a big USFL guy. I uh, just went at Ford Field, uh, where the Lions are having success. I just went there in, um, in well, I think it was in June. I don't remember, like June, uh, early July. Right. And celebrate the 40th anniversary of us winning the championship with the Michigan Panthers. So, uh, so we got a text out here, and it, it's from, uh, let me see, 9558. The XFL and USFL has merged. They now call it the UFL, I guess. United Football League, obviously. Why did they dismantle the New Orleans Breakers? Because uh, of the market. Uh, you say, well, uh, couldn't they play? Because I talked to Moose. He, he was the commissioner. Uh, Moose Johnson, no cowgirl fullback. Right. Uh, he was the commissioner of the USFL. He goes, oh, no, we're looking at the New Orleans Breakers, not only playing on the Talking road. Talking about in, Uptown, huh? Uh, in Birmingham, playing at uh, Tulane. Uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and the backup plan was also at City Park, at Tag Gormley. Right. Because, you know, uh, you're trying to have the right atmosphere, but they look at the overall population in the market. And when you look at it, uh, Steve, like Birmingham, uh, Legion Field, uh, that's where Alabama and Auburn used to play before they go home and home. Uh, but you look at Legion Field in Birmingham, that's between uh, the Falcons and the Saints. And then you look at Memphis. When the Tennessee Titans, uh, uh, when they, when the they be they were originally they were the Houston Oilers. When they left Houston and went to Tennessee, it was kind of like a battle between are we going to be in Memphis or are we going to be in Nashville? And they kind of blew off uh, Memphis and they went to Nashville. And you know the the FedEx guy, the top FedEx guy, uh, wanted to have it in Memphis. Now, that's why it's called FedEx Field, you know, with uh, the Washington Commanders. But when you look at what occurred, is that uh, the Breakers are one of the uh, four USFL teams disbanded, and the Breakers were shut uh, down without ever playing a game in the Crescent City. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. Now, the Breakers are among the four USFL teams that have been disbanded. Uh, look at the merge of the USFL, XFL. Your Michigan Panthers still around. Uh, hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> hell, hell yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, because there's more people, uh, the whole thing. Uh, Detroit Lions, Michigan Panthers. But you know who's in control of this is NBC Sports. Uh, NBC Sports, uh, the three teams uh, that got disbanded, Pittsburgh Maulers, New Jersey uh, Generals, uh, Philadelphia Stars became the Baltimore Stars, but... The four USFL teams that are expected to be part of the new uh, UFL, Michigan Panthers, Houston Gamblers, 
Memphis Showboats, Birmingham Stallions. Roughnecks, Houston Roughnecks. Uh, yeah, Houston Roughnecks. Curtis Johnson, the head coach. Oh, okay, yeah, so, so now they go with the Roughnecks, the XFL, instead of the Gamblers. Right. Also, it's a good mixture. As you expect, that four XFL teams will merge the four remaining USFL teams. So this is a great... So you know why the NFL is not against this? This is a great farm league. It's right. a good balance. Not NFL Europe. It's in the United States. And if they could get now, you think I'm, I'm making this up? I know I'm not. Uh, you look at the eight teams. If they just get two handfuls of players that all of a sudden uh, that excel in the UFL, and they'll bring them to the NFL. I'll tell you, that's all a part of it. It's like it's like AAA baseball, to tell you the truth. Right. Saints Hour coming up seven o'clock. Got one more uh, segment left here on Sports Talk. Coming back with more right after this here on WWL. Closing out this Tuesday edition of Sports Talk, Cajun Cannon. Uh, did you see Panthers Dave Tepper, the owner, was fined $300,000 for tossing a drink at fans? So basically just a drop in the bucket for him. Drop, drop in the bucket. That's like uh, he's paying parking uh, to go to a game. Three hundred k. Let me put that out of my wallet for you. That's about Steve. You'd be paying thirty bucks or whatever. I mean, uh, it might, it might even not. That might not be a good uh, analyst or analogy of breaking that down. But you know what? So what if he says like, okay, I'm gonna pay the three hundred thousand dollar fine. So what if all of a sudden it happens again? Yes, and they play in Tampa Bay. Someone's mouthing off to him. Someone's mouthing off, uh, challenging him. He goes, "Oh, you can't control me. I'm gonna throw another drink." <laughs> and so what? Uh, now, uh, oh, it's uh, three times. Now it's nine hundred thousand or a million. I don't, I don't care. I'm gonna do it again <laughs> uh, if you mouth it off. No, they're gonna have security around that, so they're gonna control that environment. I'm sure. He did apologize, Tepper, saying, I should have let NFL's uh, stadium security handle any issue that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. So he's not agitated. He understands what he did wrong. And yet, it was just kind of odd seeing an NFL billionaire uh, lose his temper like that and throwing drinks at fans. No, uh, he, he's one that uh, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Uh, he's not, uh, <laughs> even though he's uh, very, very wealthy, he's not just rich. He is like uh, n- nasty uh, wealthy. <laughs> and uh, he's like, uh, I'd like to be that kind of nasty uh, wealthy. Yeah, where it was like, eh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going to do what I want. And, and then could get away with it. I mean, not, no, you can't kill nobody. Uh, but any of that. But uh, no, I'll be interested to see. Uh, what happens in the future with him? Because uh, if ever, because this day and age, how you film everything, uh, wherever he's at, uh, that he, uh, people will try to torment him and get to him. Uh, so uh, he almost has to be isolated. So he's right, not, sure. Once someone knows they can get a rise out of you, uh, they don't want to poke the uh, bear. Uh, without a doubt, oh, that, that, that that ain't stopping. Come on, uh, there's no way that's stopping. Cajun Cannon, tomorrow we get the first injury report of the week. It'll be interesting to see uh, what lies ahead. I know Alvin Kamara dealing with an ankle issue. We'll see where he's at. He's at. Also here from quarterback Derek Carr. And, of course, the great Deuce McAllister will join us on tomorrow's show. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, for me, Charlie Long, Cajun Cannon, take it away. All right. Bon nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who that? Go Saints. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.